this is the attention economy and where our focus goes, our energy is going to go. And I feel a lot of times we have to steer the ship because we have to remember we're in control. Everyone listening that's been through trauma, that you've been through challenge, that you've been through adversity, remember that you are a thermostat. You're not a thermometer, right? A thermometer just reacts to everything. It just reacts to the environment. That's all it does. But a thermostat, it doesn't react. It gauges the environment. It knows what's going on, but it sets a temperature. You could set a temperature, a new standard, new outcome that you're committed to, and then the environment will react to you. But it starts with taking responsibility. If I was to go back to that nine-year-old boy that was being teased and bullied and unsure of himself, I would look at that kid and I would say, you might not seem like it, but you are a hundred percent responsible for your life, right? You might be a product of your past, right? It might help create you, but you and you alone are responsible for where you are today and, and tomorrow. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please, sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes. And one of the world's leading experts in brain performance, mental fitness, and memory improvement joins me on the show today. But these credentials would have seemed downright impossible years ago. I say this because Jim Quick experienced a severe childhood brain injury that left him with massive learning challenges and so much so that he was told that he had a broken brain. Jim refused to let that label define him and gravitated heavily towards comic books to inspire him to achieve the unthinkable, the unimaginable, and the impossible. But when Jim was a freshman in college, an unsung hero came into his life to help guide him on the path of personal development, growth, and inspire him on the importance of reading. He then became enamored with teaching himself, quote-unquote, how to learn, and the rest is history. Quick then created strategies to dramatically enhance his cognitive performance and has since dedicated his life to helping others unleash their true genius and superpower. He is CEO of Quick Learning, the premier online accelerated learning academy with students in 195 countries. His clients include Google, Virgin, Zappos, SpaceX, WordPress, and so many others. Quick is also the author of the New York Times and number one Wall Street Journal bestseller, Limitless, Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, Unlock Your Exceptional Life. He is the host of the acclaimed Quick Brain Podcast, which is consistently the top educational training show on iTunes with tens of millions of downloads. Our mission today is to provide you actionable steps to help train your brain to master your focus and even so when the times are tough. It will also help you cultivate purpose, to learn faster, achieve your goals, and become limitless. This conversation is an absolute masterclass and one that you will want to re-listen to over and over again. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Jim Quick to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Jim Quick, welcome to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Doug, it's great to be here. Thank you, everybody who's joining us for this, uh, this very important conversation. Yeah, I've been trying to get in touch with you for a long time to get you on the show to talk about this very topic of adversity because of your story, all the stuff that you teach today. But I want to ask, I guess, as a little icebreaker, what was it that fascinated you so much and got you excited to talk about the topic of adversity? Well, I I believe like you that adversity can be a huge advantage. Um, You know, I think about the things that I struggled with and how they, they turn into strengths. And a big part has to do with, you know, with the power of our brain, you know, you change your brain, you can change your life, you change your brain, you could change your world. And, um, and how we grow is we push ourselves. And sometimes life does that for us, that through challenge comes change. And uh, we hear a lot about post-traumatic stress. We, we don't hear a lot about uh, post-traumatic growth, though, when you go through adversity, and I'm sure some of the people who are joining us you know, have, have had times that are extremely difficult, where uh, times, experiences that they wouldn't wish upon anybody, yet um, I bet some of them wouldn't change it, meaning that because they went through it, they found something. They discovered maybe a, 
whether they call it a gift or something else, they found a meaning, they found a mission, they found a purpose, they had clarity on their values, they they found uh, they they found um, they found some some advantage, they found a superpower uh, going through it. You know, as we get into our stories, you know, my journey, I've had a number of challenges, like like anybody, and they all come in different forms. Three of them came in the form of traumatic brain injuries. Um, you know, so I had learning difficulties and challenges. And so I'm very passionate about showing people what's really possible, right? When people reference my book, Limitless, Limitless is very aspiring, right? And how do you become limitless in a limited world, if you will? But I think we do it together in conversations just like this, that we don't know what's possible, that the sky's not the limit. I think really our minds are the limit. So a lot of it has to do with our mindset, you know, our level of motivation, the methods that we're using to, to go along this this process you know and so but i know these are difficult times right now and so my message for everyone listening the reason i wanted to have this conversation with you is that challenges will always be there and whether or not we we thrive in that time you know i always tell people that while the beauty is in the butterfly the growth happens in the cocoon Hmm. yeah that's a lot of adversity when 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 a caterpillar feels like it's the end of the world it becomes that butterfly but it's not easy it's through that struggle that that creature develops strength. So when it is, when it emerges from that cocoon, it has, it could soar to new heights, you know, but that it, it requires that level of, 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 of challenge, you know, and, and everyone, you know, has their own whatever definition of whatever the comfort zone is. It's, an, it's a nice place to visit, but not much grows there. And so I would imagine a lot of your listeners, they subscribe to this idea where they, they'll push themselves or maybe even life gives them enough push you know, and then gives them enough. It's like going to the, uh, the gym, you know, life is the ultimate seminar, if you will. Yeah, no, you're so right on so many levels. And I think what happens is when people experience massive setbacks or adversity, they think that it's happening to them and that it's going to break them for the rest of their life. And then a lot of times what happens is when they get out of it and they move forward with their life, it actually has propelled them to an even bigger comeback become a big part of who they are as a person and not only help them, but have given them the ability um, and tools to be able to help other people along the journey. And one of the things that's really fascinating among many things about you, Jim, is that is your hero's journey. And today you're, you're a widely recognized world expert in memory improvement, brain optimization, accelerated learning. And, but before that you experienced massive hardship and we're probably the, the person who was furthest away, you would, it, you would think in, that would be doing what you're doing today. I mean, you fell and had a traumatic brain injury when you were five. And since that point, you had trouble learning, trouble reading, trouble thinking, you were bullied, you were told that you had a broken brain. And then I think, as I remember correctly, you eventually turned to comic books to help teach yourself how to read. And you really resonated with the hero's journey. You barely graduate high school and you go off to college and, you're, and you nearly flunk out. And then you hit, I think, a pivotal point in your comeback story where you go off on a trip with a friend of yours and then his dad who ends up being like an unsung hero in your life approaches you and changes your perspective on life. So walk the listeners through what was going through your mind at that point. What was your learning ability? Like, what was your reading ability? What was your confidence level? What was your mindset like and how this guy changed your life? So I was a freshman in college and um, I thought that I, freshman meant I can make a fresh start. I took all these classes and I actually started doing worse. And I didn't have um, the resources to be in school. I didn't have, I didn't come from a lot of means and it's ready to quit because I couldn't justify that that kind of uh, investment. And um, as you said, a a friend, I go visit a friend's uh, family that that for a weekend to get some perspective. And before I told them, I I didn't know how to tell my parents I was going to quit school. And the father walks me around his property and asks me a very innocent question, which is the worst question you could ask me as an 18 year old kid. He says, Jim, how's school? Mm. And I just break down in front of this complete stranger, telling my whole story that you just summed up about being, you know, the kid with the broken brain and it's not for me. And he says, you know, wait, you know, why are you in school? You know, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? What do you, what do you want to share? And I didn't have clarity in that. And I think clarity is, uh, is something so important to have nowadays. No matter what age or stage you are in life, it's sometimes with craziness going on, we have to take a breath sometimes and a pause and ask ourselves, you know, what's, what's most important to us in life? 
you know, what's most important to us in our relationships, what's most important to us in our school or our career, you know, and, and our impact that we want to have. Because I feel like we get a lot of um, courage through clarity. And I think a lot of confused people, you know, if we're confused, a confused mind doesn't do a lot at all. Um, and so I didn't have an answer because I didn't, no one's ever asked me the question before. And I go to answer it and he pauses, he reaches into his back pocket and he takes out a notebook and he makes me write down my answers. And I think that's also a very important part of the process, you know, is to ask a new question that, you know, you've never been asked before and you come up with new answers and you write those down. It's the first step in, in manifesting, taking something invisible in your mind and making it visible. And when I'm done, um, I start folding the sheets of paper to put in my pocket. He grabs that out of my hand and, and he starts looking at it. And I'm freaking out honestly, <laughs> because I, I'm, you know, just like anybody else, you don't want to be judged, right? Yeah. You know, I've never shared these things with anybody. And I don't know how much time goes by, but he looks up and he's like, he says this, Jim, you're this close to everything on this list. And if you're not watching this on video, it's um, my, my index fingers are spread like a, a foot apart. And I'm thinking, no way, give me. 10 lifetimes, I'm not going to crack this list. And he takes his fingers and he puts them to the side of my head, meaning what's in between is really the key, right? The bridge, um, which is my brain. And he walks me into a room of his home that I've never seen before. It's wall to wall, ceiling to floor, covered in books. I've never seen like a library in somebody's house. And, he's, and he says, uh, leaders are readers. And he starts handing me all these books. And there are these biographies of some incredible women and men in history and some very early personal growth books. And I'm sure your listeners have are familiar with these authors, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking, Psycho-Cybernetics, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big. I mean, just you, you name it, Napoleon Hill's work. Mm. And he says, leaders are readers. And I, he's like, I want you to read one book a week. And I'm thinking, there's no way. Have you not listened to anything I've said, right? I've been through a lot of adversity, a lot of challenges in my life. And I think part of kind of what, keeps us limited is we're always fighting for our limitations. People come mm -hmm. to me all the time and they say, Jim, I'm just too old or Jim, I'm not smart enough or Jim, I have these learning challenges or my child has whatever. And I would say, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. And you want to be very careful with those words because they're more powerful than you think. I believe if people truly understood how powerful their mind is, they wouldn't say or think something they didn't want to be true. And that's not to say you have one negative thought and it ruins your life any more than any just one of those donuts does, but it's the consistency of it, right? Yeah. And uh, so I'm fighting for my limitations, my scripts, my stories that keep me stuck. And, you know, it's kind of, sometimes it's natural for us to do it. And he's like, he's like, wait, wait a second. He's like, um, and because I, I mentioned something about school, I have too much schoolwork. And he's like, Jim, he said, don't let school get in the way of your education. And I, I didn't realize it was a Mark Twain quote back then, um, but I was like, that's very insightful, but I still can't do it. And very smart man, he reaches into his pocket and he takes out my list, right? My, my bucket list. And he starts to read every single thing on that list, line by line, out loud. And uh, just imagine an 18 year old young man who's just very insecure, uh, not sure of himself, has, not, has done nothing to leave any kind of mark or anything. And you, hear, you see a successful person like, saying your dreams and goals out loud to the universe. And it messed with my mind, my, my spirit, something fierce. And honestly, a lot of the things on there were things, Doug, that I wanted to do for my, my parents, things they could never afford. Or even if they could afford it, they wouldn't do for themselves, right? right. Uh, different generation. And so it's like, you know, and so that was my leverage, my purpose, because I think it's what gets us through adversity also is having a reason right? Having a reason to get up and plow through and develop resilience, you know, and uh, lean into our, our grit and flex those muscles emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, sometimes also as well, just get through the day. And, um, and those are my reasons. I, I tell people with reasons come results, mm -hmm. reasons reap results. And if you don't have a reason, it's, it's really hard to get through those difficult times. And for everybody, it's different. So I'm not one to say, hey, this is your reason, but part of going through the process is what, what stimulates you, what, what, what touches your heart, you know, what, what do you stand for, or what do you stand against? It, it could be positive or negative, that could be a reason for you, or what, what's most important to you in life, talk about clarity, you know, maybe it's love, maybe it's growth, maybe it's contribution, maybe it's a level of fun and an adventure, maybe it's security, whatever your reasons are, it's not just intellectual, I realize that we have to feel it. 
So when she started, when he started to profess and say some things that um, were on my list that, you know, trips I wanted to take with my parents that they never took, you know, those kind of things or get them a, you know, a nice home or whatever it happens to be. Um, those are my reasons. And I was like, okay, fine, but those I'll do it. I'll read one book a week. Fast forward, I'm back at school and I have a pile of books I have to read for school and then a pile of books I promised to read, right? I already couldn't get through pile A because of my, you know, some of my challenges. And uh, so I, I don't have time. So I don't, what do I do? I don't work out. I don't eat. I don't sleep hardly. I just live in the library and I just, I'm just there all the time, just cramming, pulling all nighters, just trying to keep up with this information. And uh, it's not very sustainable, right? So after uh, you know, a certain amount of weeks, I just pass out one night out of sheer exhaustion. I fall down a flight of stairs at the library. I hit my head again. I don't have a really good track record <laughs> on, on head injuries. Um, and I wake up in the hospital two days later, two full days later. And at this point, I'm wasted away. I'm about 117 pounds when they weigh wow. me. I hook up to all these IVs. I'm dehydrated, malnourished. Cause I was just plowing through it. And sometimes in life, we're just going through it and we're just being really, really busy, but we don't, um, we're not being very effective, right? Cause we're working really hard and not necessarily working smart. And that was the darkest time of my life, you know, of my whole entire life. Cause I thought I died probably part of me maybe wished I had, if yeah. I could say that out loud, it's kind of a, you know, but that it's just kind of the reality of where I was at the time. And I just thought there had to be a better way. And when, when I said that, the nurse came in with a mug of, uh, of tea and it had a portrait on it of a genius, <laughs> Albert Einstein, who's like the opposite of me. And uh, I had a quote on it from him that we've all heard. It said, the same level of thinking that has created your problem won't solve your problem. And it made me ask a new question, the power of questions, because questions could direct our focus and help us get through adversity, right? And like, um, it made me ask a new question, like, what's, what's my big, what's my real challenge here? And I thought, well, I'm a very slow learner. Well, I was like, well, how do I think differently about it? Like Einstein says, well, maybe I can learn how to learn. And I thought this was a big revelation. I was like, I, like, I never thought about, you know, I was like always thinking about what to learn, but not how to learn it. And so I asked it, I was like, how do I do that? And I was like, well, school teaches you how to do that. So I asked the nurse for a course bulletin and I started looking through the classes for next semester, hundreds of classes, all on what to learn, math, history, science, Spanish, whatever, zero classes on how to learn those things. There's no classes on how to focus, on how to concentrate, on how to solve problems, on how to read faster, understand what I'm reading, on recalling information. I always thought in school, they teach you what to learn and what to remember, but not how to learn and how to remember. So I put my studies aside, Doug, and I just start focusing on this thing called meta-learning. Meta-learning is the science of learning how to learn. And I think it's the number one skill for all our, your listeners to embrace, to train, because if you can learn how to learn, you could apply it towards anything, anything in your life, anything in your school, anything in your career, money, management, marketing, martial arts, music, Mandarin, everything in your life gets so much easier when you could do those things focus, remember, read, and better understand better, make better decisions. So about 60 days into it, a light switch flipped on for me inside my mind. And I just started to understand things for the first time. You know, I'd come out of this, what, 13 plus year of adversity and challenge and struggle and embarrassment, you know, parents being called in because I'm failing, you know, high school English and, you know, all those, you know, being bullied because, you know, I just, was, you know, my, my, my challenges. And I started to understand things for the first time and retain it and then have better clarity. And I realized that it's, it's not how smart you are to all our listeners. It's not how smart you are, how smart your kids are, how smart your spouse or your team is. It's not how smart you are. It's how are you smart? It's how are you smart? And when you realize when you, that you have genius inside of you and it comes in different forms and how to be able to um, access it and express it, and you have a real life superpowers. And for me, I couldn't help but help other people. And one of my very first students, I started to tutor, she read 30 books in 30 days. And I wanted to find out and really not skim or scan, really read them, right? And I wanted to find out not how, because I taught her how, I want to know why, her motivation, her purpose, you know, and I found out it was adversity. 
like her mother was going through the biggest challenges, health challenges of her life. Doctors gave her mother only two months to live, just 60 days to live. And the books she was reading were books to, to help her out of that adversity, help her out of that just challenges, books on health and wellness. And I find out six months later that her mother not only survived, but is really getting better. Doctors don't know how or why. The doctors were calling it a miracle, but her mother attributed 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter who learned it from all these books. And in that moment, I realized that if knowledge is power, then learning is really our superpower. And it's a superpower we all have. And it's a critical component and strategy to overcoming adversities, learning from the, the challenges, learning from the mistakes and be able to not repeat them going forward, right? Because I feel like sometimes with mistakes, if people do it, you know, if it happens over and over again, it's no longer a mistake. It becomes a, a decision, right? Or it becomes a, a choice. And so after hearing that, I found my purpose, you know, it was my passion is just then became learning. It wasn't always learning my passion because <laughs> it was anything from that, you know, but I think your passion is what lights you up and your purpose is what lights other people up. So um, how, it, how it lights other people up. So my passion is learning. My purpose is teaching other people how to learn. And that's what gets me up every single day. My goal, as you, know, as you mentioned, the teacher pointed to me in front of the whole class and that's the boy with a broken brain. You know, now my goal and my mission in life is to build better, brighter brains, right? No brain left behind is my, is my mission. It's, it's so inspiring, Jim. And I, I got to imagine, you know, your story, there's, there's different levels of adversity, right? Like you, you fall, have the traumatic brain injury. And then I'm sure you had this sense of awakening where you were like, what's wrong with me? Like what's going on inside of me? Yeah. Why am I different than other kids? Why are people picking on me? Why am I not reading as well? Why am I not learning as well? How come I can't think about things the same way? And then you're being told you had a broken brain and then you go on this self-discovery and you get really attached to superheroes and comic books. Yeah. And you're like, you get really drawn to the hero's journey because you're like, I want to be able to have this superpower one day. I want to be able to rebuild myself and do the unimaginable and do the impossible. So you get really involved with comic books and then you slowly teach yourself how to, to read and learn through that. And then you end up getting to a point where you have some adversity when you barely graduate high school, you go off to college and you're, you're trying to find yourself and you have all this bundled up like pain, trauma, adversity, just stored up inside of your body. And then this guy, your friend's dad just breaks you pretty much by asking you that one question and it all comes out. And then you attach some level of meaning to what you want to do. When you start jotting down your life's goals, you get it read back to you. You're touching the paper, you're feeling it. He gives you these books. And then you think you're on this path up. And then you fall again. And then you're like, gosh, can't I, can't I get a break? And you're in the hospital for two days. And I got to imagine after that, after you're walking out of the hospital, even though you had this new enlightenment from that yeah. cup of tea that the nurse gave you, you're like, what do I do? Yeah. Right. And it's, it's incredibly inspiring that you've been able to go from that moment to where you are today. Cause I, th I don't think, you know, your story gets, it talked about as much in that much detail. I think pretty yeah. much when I've heard it, it's more of a summary of what happened in your childhood, but not like what happened in the later years. So I think where I want to go now is the, one of the things that I say, and I know purpose is really important to you is that they, you have to attach a deep meaning um, or sense of, of why to a goal or anything you're trying to change before life attaches it for you. And I feel like what happened with you early on, like when you fell, was that you hadn't quite attached that deep enough why and life happened to you, right? Something tra traumatic happened. You fell because you hadn't taken the action to truly better yourself or dedicate that time to read those books that your friend's dad had given you and you got burned out, you fall. And then once you got out of the hospital, you've really had this, this sense, this purpose of like, I'm going to do this to prove people wrong. I'm going to do this to be the person who doesn't have the broken brain and teach other people how to learn. So my question for you is this, is what advice do you have or what questions should somebody, should somebody ask to really cultivate a deep why when they're trying to make a change in their life? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second. But first, wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Paleo Valley. I think I have found a new addiction, and that's the Paleo Valley Beef Sticks. When I first came across these, I was honestly quite skeptical 
being that most beef sticks are highly processed, unhealthy, and gross. But after trying the ones from Paleo Valley, I was instantly sold, not just for the taste, but because they are grass-finished, grass-fed, and fermented. Plus, the company is family-owned and accessible, which seals the deal for me. So many people ask, how can I get more protein in my diet when I don't have the time? Paleo Valley has you covered with their high-quality beef sticks. I have even been recommending them to my personal training clients. They come in many flavors, but personally, I am digging the summer sausage and teriyaki. So if you'd like to give one of the best healthy snacks on the market a try, go to paleovalley.com, and when you enter in the code DOUG at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Again, it's paleovalley.com, and when you enter in the code DOUG at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. You know, I, you're, you're right. I, I learned, I got a lot of inspiration from comic books. There's yeah. something about, you know, because it took me an extra few years to learn how to read. And I used to read, look at these comic books late at night when my parents thought I was sleeping. I'd be underneath the covers, you know, with a flashlight. And you can imagine what that looked like. Something about those heroes, it, they represented hope, mm. right? They offered real help. And they were very flawed, at least my favorite characters were. They had uh, their own challenges. They had their own adversities. You know, most of the, 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 the most notable superheroes, you know, to start out with, their um, majority of them were orphaned. You think about Spider-Man, you know, lost his, his parents. He lost Uncle Ben. Batman lost his, his parents. Wonder Woman, Superman, you know, his parents were like, all, all of them, like some of the most, so... It, I could relate to them. They, you know, my favorite were the X-Men because they didn't fit in. So there was some adversity there. They were marginalized. They were mutants. Uh, they were uh, persecuted for it or bullied for it. And um, so I could, I could relate to a lot of the themes in, in, the, in the comic books. And so that's why I still, to this day, you know, I have like a 10-foot Hulk in my backyard. <laughs> I have like a, a you know, a real life size, a size uh, Iron Man just because, I feel like I get to relive my childhood now yeah. uh, and, and kind of, uh, and, you know, kind of cultivate and nurse that, that inner child. Um, how you could find your purpose. I believe um, success, there's three H's to success and it's H cubed. It goes from your head to your heart, to your hands, meaning your listeners, we could all set goals or resolutions or, you know, vision in our head. But if we're not acting with our hands consistently, usually what's missing is that second H, which is your heart. The heart for me is a symbol of emotion, right? The energy of motion. And a really big part of it is, is connecting with that purpose. Now, I don't think that um, everything is ordained, like your passions and everything is just uh, preordained for you. That's not my belief. I believe they're choices. And I think that there's a, there's a quote in my book, Limitless, from a French philosopher. And he says, life is C between B and D. Life is C between B and D. B stands for birth. D stands for death. C, life, choice. So I feel like we always have a choice um, to decide, a choice of what to, to be passionate about, a choice to connect with our purpose or to ignore it, or our choice to um, explore, discover. And I think also finding our purpose is not, it's kind of like you don't find true love. That's part of it. You discover it, but you also develop it. Yeah. Like anyone, yeah, it's fall in love. It's, it, you can fall in love, but sustaining it, it takes uh, building, right? It takes yeah. work. And I think also our purpose is the same. We could expose ourselves to a lot of um, stimulus and see where our passions pull us. But then also we, we have to self-awareness is a superpower to see where our heart goes, but also cultivating it, investing in it, building it, training it, mm -hmm. right? And so to tap in more of that age, we need to uh, start with why, as Simon Sinek talks about. I mentioned a lot of books because, you know, growing up, I didn't, you know, they're 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 my mentors, right? Yeah. I didn't know any of these individuals. We come from, you know, immigrant parents, and you know, like we didn't have money, we didn't have education, didn't have networks and contacts and a lot of resources. So you have to get it from where you can, and I got it through imagination. I I got it through books, comic books, and 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 real books. And so to find your purpose, it really starts for me asking the right question yeah. and asking yourself a question like, what's most important to me in, in blank? One of the things you could be doing during this time is getting clarity on your life. Because often when we're going 100 miles an hour, we're not pausing to say, 
hey, am I going in the right direction? You know, somebody can be very, very busy. And right currently with a lot of people, they use busyness as kind of like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you ask somebody how they are busy and then they, they expound on how, how busy they are because there's a secondary gain. We, we could glorify being busy, which, you know, and I'm guilty of also as well, because really what we're saying is like, we're important, right? Mm-hmm. And the challenge is if we glorify and use that as a badge of honor, um, then we start designing our life to be busy you know, all the time. And you wonder why we're burnt out. <laughs> we wonder why we're exhausted all the time. We wonder why we don't have time to do the things that really light us up. And so I think using this time to ask yourself, just meditate or talk therapy or journaling. Actually, what's most, what's most important to me today in my current, my, my current life right now, in my relationships and my job and my business and my schooling and my, and my impact with other people. And that, that, those values come up and you could put them in order of the things that, you know, for me, my values are love, growth, contribution, uh, adventure. So I, 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 anything that taps into those, I have like limitless purpose, right? Limitless motivation, because those are the things I hold dear. Those are the things that light me up. And for other people, it could be completely different because there's no right or wrong around it. And, but the second question I would ask besides what's most important to you and blank is are my actions that I'm taking today, are they aligned with those values? Mm. Because a lot of people, they feel burnt out. And I would imagine a lot of, a lot of your listeners feel this because, you know, we get a lot of messages on social media, um, in different places, live events where people feel they're burnt out or they're exhausted. And, and often it's, you're not burnt out because you're doing too much. Often feel people feel burnt out because they're doing too little of the things that light them up that make them feel alive. Those things that they value. So for me, finding purpose is interacting with the world and see where my heart goes, right. And paying it very, and being observant and seeing where my, where I organically feel, um, compelled, right. I feel, um, something that gets, and these are important things because that's what gets you to endure through difficult times, right. You have to make that purpose so alluring that you get pulled through, uh, to that, um, that meaning as opposed to being pulled apart by distractions, by every ring and ping and ding and app notifications, social media alert. Like we live in the age of attention, right? This is the attention economy and uh, you know, where our focus goes, your, our energy is going to go. And I feel a lot of times we have to steer the ship because, we have to remember we're in control for all those, everyone listening that's been through trauma, that you've been through challenge, that you've been through adversity. And, you know, remember that you are a thermostat. You're not a thermometer, right? A thermometer just reacts to everything. It just reacts to the environment. That's all it does. But a thermostat, it doesn't react. It gauges the environment. It knows what's going on, but it sets a temperature, right? And then you, I'm talking to the listener, you could set a temperature you know, a new standard, you know, a new outcome that you're committed to, and then the environment will react to you, right? But it, it, it starts with taking responsibility. You know, like if I was to go back to that nine-year-old boy that was being teased and bullied and unsure of himself, that would call himself broken when he wasn't picked for sports or would do badly on a test or something like that, I would look at that kid and I would say, you, you, you might not seem like it, but you, you are 100% responsible for your life right? That your past might've, you might be a product of your, your, your past, right? It might, it might, it might help create you, but you and you alone are responsible for where you are today and, and tomorrow. Right. And so like, I, I live by that and it's, it's not about blame. It's not about complaining. It's not about making excuses because that uses up an immense amount of energy. It takes an immense amount of time, right? As opposed to, I don't believe we could be upset by the results we didn't get from the work we didn't do, you know? And so that ownership, you know, where it's, it's extreme, it's, it's radical, but that everything has happened, it gives you back your power, right? The story I, I always tell um, people about it, I talk about in the book is the day I got to introduce two modern day superheroes together. It was Richard Branson and Stan Lee. Mm. They both mentioned they wanted to meet each other. So I arranged, uh, you know, so I take them, we go to dinner. And uh, we're in the car and I'm with, and I asked Stan uh, who co-founded, like, you know, co-created all the famous superheroes. I was like, you know, who's your favorite? And he says, Jim, it's Iron Man. And he says, Jim, who's your favorite superhero? And I say, uh, it's Spider-Man because he had a, I posted this on Instagram, big Spider-Man tie. 
And, and when I said Spider-Man, he says, with great power comes great, you know, responsibility. Uncle, Uncle Ben, all, right? Was it that Uncle right? Ben? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And he said, and he quotes Uncle Ben, you know, and, and his famous iconic, you know, Excelsior voice. And I still reverse some things like words when I'm reading yeah. or when I hear maybe through um, some of the head trauma I've had. And I heard something different. I was like, you're right. With great power comes great responsibility. And the opposite is also true. With great responsibility comes great power. With great responsibility comes with, comes with great power. When, when you take responsibility for something, you have great power to make things better. There's a difference between a, a victim mentality and a victor mentality, yeah. right? That sometimes it's not even fake it till you make it. Sometimes we have to face it till we make it. Right. Right. And we have to face it. And through that challenge comes change and, and, and maintaining, you know, a level of patience. Patience is about maintaining a positive attitude while you keep working. Right. Right. Where I take responsibility for it. I'm not expecting somebody to fix me or, or to save me that you are your own superhero. Right. I call it the superhero. You there's a superhero in, in all of us. That's why when you open up the, the jacket of my book, you know, you mentioned the hero's journey popularized by Joseph Campbell's work. I actually break down the stages in there and I, I modeled the book around the hero's journey. And I, my goal was when I was writing it was to make you the hero, right? The yeah. listener, the hero. I don't want to be Luke Skywalker. I want to be, I want to be Yoda right, <laughs> right, right. or Uncle Ben. And I want to help, you know, you go from the ordinary world to an, you're introduced to an extraordinary world. And then you fight these dragons and you find, you find a mentor and eventually you go through these challenges and this adversity um, that builds you, you build you, and you take that elixir, the treasure, and you go back to the, the ordinary world with it. Mm. Right. And then you share it with, with other people and then life will never be the same for yourself and, and the people you get to touch. So I would, I would say to anybody who's going through challenges and, and difficulty right now is that you, you inspire people, you inspire people, even if you don't think they're looking, they're looking, you inspire them with your grit and you inspire them with your grace, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, and, and then if there's a time, I bet everybody thought there was a time that they couldn't survive. And I'm, I'm sure you've had, you've had your, your fair share also as well. Yeah. Though. And, but the fact is, if you're listening to this right now, you did yeah. <laughs> and you will, you will again. Yeah. I think it's an important thing for people to remember that every challenge that people have gone through up until this moment, they've gotten through. And I think you're right. I think when people are faced with hard times or adversity, while a lot of it might not be our fault, it is our responsibility to move forward in a way that's conducive to the person we want to become. And that like you said, it all comes back to, to choices. And I love alliteration just like you. And when I'm faced with hard times or when someone comes to me and says, well, what can I do? I tell them a few things. Number one, I say, awareness is key. Like, how are you feeling? What's going on? A, right. And then acceptance, accept that it's okay to be in this state. Like, don't go in the shame cycle. Don't start feeling sorry for yourself. Just know it's part of life and then take action. Another A on the choices and steps you want to make to, um, that are going to lead you to where you want to go in life. Right. And then another alliteration I love is faith, family, and fitness, faith in yourself, belief, belief in God, belief in the universe, whatever you believe in and belief in where you're going, your destiny, family, who you're surrounding yourself with. I know you talk a lot about this, surrounding yourself with people that bring the best out in you and fitness, staying mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally fit. And if you can do those three F's, you'll live more purposefully and prosperously and use adversity to your advantage. Another F though, I want to go into that I would add to that is focus. And I know focus is a big part of your life. It's a big part of your book. And it's almost like the foundation, another F, if you will, of all the learning that you teach. And I think, like you say, with adversity and challenges, it can either diminish you, it can define you, it can develop you, or here's another D, is it, it can distract you. And I think our ability to maintain focus during times of distress and focus on the things we need to do to move towards a solution and get better, it's crucial during during those times. So what advice do you have for somebody who's in the thick of it, in that fight or flight to have to create some sense of focus so that they can stay on track for their goals and where they want to go? Um, let's keep the alliteration going. Let, let's let's go. start. Let's we can even as a group, you know, everyone take take some notes on this because we could co-create it. I feel like that we learn the human brain doesn't learn always best through consumption it learns best through creation and pulling information out i think there's a there's a, 
immense treasure of wisdom inside people's minds yeah. you know that we've learned and i believe that the life we live are the lessons we teach you know and sometimes we're not conscious of all the lessons so sometimes it helps to have questions to kind of pull pull it out of you you know i think that um big part of focus is as they talk about in the book is that you don't have focus any more than you have energy or you have motivation or you have creativity or even if you have a memory you, you sometimes what we're doing is we put ourselves into a trance and this conversation for me if I was to break it down into one word it'd be about transcending ending the trance you know ending this mass hypnosis either through marketing and media or self-hypnosis of us saying that well I don't they wake up I don't have focus I don't have uh, you know creativity to, to write today or to make my videos or whatever it happens to be or my music or anything else that you know, our listeners are thinking about. And these are not things you have. That's how we hypnotize ourselves. These are things we do. So you don't have focus. You do focus. You do not have creativity. You do creativity. You don't have energy. You actually, there's a process for generating and creating energy, right? You don't have motivation. You know, some people say, I don't have motivation today to do X. These aren't not things you have. You're fooling yourself, right? It's total BS. They're belief systems. So you don't have them you do motivation there's a process and when you take it from that and turn into a process you you, ha- you turn into a noun from the, from a noun to a verb you have power right you have responsibility and so what i would say uh for everybody part of this process is realizing and having the awareness that you could create it at any time if you don't have it right it's not just something you hope it just shows up today because hope is a crummy strategy right and so one of the ways you could direct your focus is by asking questions. I think questions, as I've said before, questions are the answer. Just like how my mentor had asked me questions about what do you want to be, do, what do you want to have, what do you want to share? No one's ever asked that, so I never thought about it. Yeah. And then somebody asked me that, and then all of a sudden, oh, I have some clarity now, I have some answers. You know, ask, ask yourself what's most important to me in life and are my actions aligned with those things? I have questions, I have new, new answers. And if you ask a question no one's ever asked before, you'll get the answers no one's ever gotten before. Going to back to our focus, simple question to focus individuals is like not only what's most important to me in life, but also like what's what's the best use of this moment? There's there's a question that people right. could be able to direct their focus. Um, right now, there are a billion stimuli that we could be paying attention to, right? And we could put our thoughts to our, our our focus into. And the brain primarily is a deletion device. It's actually trying, it can't focus on all those things. So it keeps it out. The things that we let in are the things that we care about. And part of what contributes to that is a part of our brain called the reticular activating system, RAS for short. And that that determines what we put our awareness to. And so part of it is like, I mentioned the story in the book, uh, years ago, my sister was sending me uh, pictures of a very specific kind of dog, a uh, breed of dogs. It was a pug dog, right? These little like smushed in face, very docile. And, um, and I don't know, I, my question was why? Why she send me these photos, these emails, these postcards, whatever. And I realized her, her birthday was coming up, right? So she's, she's a great marketer, she's seeding. And, um, and I was like, something funny happened. I started seeing pug dogs everywhere. I would be at the grocery store, person in front of me is carrying a pug dog staring at me at the, in, in line. I'd be jogging in my neighborhood and I swear there's this guy walking six pug dogs. And my question for everyone listening is, did these pug dogs just magically appear? No, they were always there, but I never paid attention because I was deleting those things, right? Because it was important to me until I asked the question. Well, once I started asking the question, I started to focus on it. And then I started to see the things I was focusing on and looking for. Well, if you have trouble focusing, let's say you have uh, trouble remembering people's names or you forget what you just read, right? Because your mind wanders, it's not focusing, it's not concentrating, right? You get to the end of something you just read, you forgot what you just read and you reread it and you still know what you just read and you're wondering what's going on. But if you have questions that will hijack your focus and then when you're reading, you're like, oh, there's a pug dog, there's a pug dog, there's a pug dog, there's a pug dog right? Simple example is think about back in school, we had standardized tests where we would read, reading comprehension, X amount of paragraphs or pages. And at the end, they would have 10 questions. And then you're like, oh man, I didn't know that's what they wanted. Well, what if we read the questions first and then we read the paragraphs or the pages? Then we were like, oh, there's an answer. There's an answer. There's an answer, right? Because it charges that part of your brain that's looking for the answer. And I would say, 
number one, focus is a verb, it's not a noun. And one thing you could do to increase your focus is to ask better questions. Because if you ask better questions, you're gonna start getting answers and you'll pull it in as opposed to trying to push it in, right? The third thing I would say, which is the obvious thing is control your environment. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times it's the things in our environment that are distracting us, right? And so, you know, if they're saying, if people are distracting you because you're working from home or you're working remotely or you're learning from home, then you have to set borders and boundaries as best you can. It's never perfect. Limitless is not about being perfect. Limitless is about advancing. It's about progressing beyond what you believe is possible, right? So if it helps you to close out Slack or if you're on a Zoom call and you're also, if you, you know, manage your phone, you know, you've heard a lot of experts talk about manage your phone. I've been talking about it since practically we've had phones to distract us, but, you know, you know, not using it, using technology as a tool, right? right? Because if the technology is using us, then who becomes a tool? <laughs> and we become the tool, right? But when you want to use it proactively, like a thermostat, not reacting and picking up our phones and Instagram out of habit, right? Because that's where you're training your focus to actually you're flexing your distraction muscles rather than your focus, right? Because every ring, ping, ding, app notification, social media alert, like, share, comment, cat video, whatever, is just driving us to distraction. Right. And I'm not saying I'm not anti-technology at all. Right. I mean, this, it allows this to happen. Right. You know, but I'm just saying use technology. Don't let it use you and use it intelligently. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't let it cripple you. I mean, meaning if you rely on it too much and you're using it um, as a coping mechanism for getting out of stress or overwhelm or whatever, ask yourself, is this serving my highest need right now? Mm -hmm. I mean, notice we've always come back to questions, right? So questions will help your focus. So Focus is a verb, not a noun. Uh, so it's a process. Uh, control your questions that you're asking because questions are the answer. It'll direct your focus. And the third thing, control your environment in intelligent ways, right? It's never going to be perfect. But I always think when it comes to my environment, you want to make the things that are good for you easy and the things that are bad or detrimental to you difficult, right? So if you check your phone you know, first thing in the morning, You've, I mean, many of you have seen, to be listening, see my video on Facebook has what, 37 million views, 38 million views, just saying, don't touch your phone first thing in the morning, right? You know, because it's even having it at the dinner table you know, with your family, it just, even if it's phased down, there's undue stress and anxiety, that, that compulsion of, to grab it, right? It's like, it's just like uh, if you don't want to eat bread, right? And you want to be gluten-free and, and the waitstaff brings you uh, a basket of bread with butter, you know, if you don't say no there, you're going to be saying no 50 times during that meal in right. your mind, right? So you control the environment and you make what's good for you easy and what's difficult, you know, or bad for you to be more difficult. Yeah. There's a lot there that you said that I think is so important. And I think the whole notion of asking yourself questions is a great start because there's a lot of people that don't ever take the time to go within and self-reflect and say, well, what do I really want? What am I really struggling with? What is it that I want? I'm hoping to get out of who do I want to become? What do I want to achieve? And I think when you do that, you start to feel some sense of empowerment because you're like, oh, I can start to see a little bit of a vision. And then you start to, your mind starts to wander and says, well, how can I get there? And then just naturally, you kind of have the answers already within you. Because I don't think, Jim, we have a knowledge problem as much as we do an action problem sometimes. So I think we're so overwhelmed with information and we are over consuming stuff on social media, podcasts, books that sometimes we just need to take some of the information that we have learned and start to apply it to our daily life to kind of move the needle forward. And, and I love what you said too, about controlling the environment and making the things that are bad for you harder. You know, we had uh, BJ Fogg on the show and we talked, I know, you know, BJ as well. And we talked about a lot of that too, on the show that like when you're trying to um, make a, make something, make a habit good or read, build in a good habit it's got to motivate you it's got you got to be able to do it there's got to be some sense of prompt there and i think it it works the reverse if you're trying to unwind or untangle a bad habit right and you talked about the example with the cell phone and the bread and so i think once we can now develop this intense focus on where we want to go during tough times during good times whatever it is now we can start to do the thing that i know helped you so much overcome your adversity which is learn yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they think of the word learn or read, they're like, I don't have time or I'm already too distracted, but now you got the focus. You, now you have some focus. So now you do have some time. Now you're not as distracted. So what are a few simple tips that somebody who's listening to this, or maybe they're watching this on YouTube 
they can take from our conversation to learn more effectively and efficiently. Yeah. For, for me, uh, we can start with four quick things. Yeah. Right? The acronym FAST. And some, if you, if you heard it before, maybe listening it through new ears because it, it would be represented by the first uh, letter, um, which is uh, FAST, which happens to be, it could be focus, but for right. me, it's forget. You know, I think it's so important when you want to learn something better to, to approach it with a beginner's mind where your teacup, as we mentioned, is empty and you can put something new in there because sometimes we feel like we know it. Our ego will keep us from learning or learning something updated and not learning something that's better. I would also say, forget about distractions. You know, if you want to be able to learn faster, as we talked about, you have to minimize the distractions because you don't actually multitask. They say multitasking is a myth that yeah. really what we're doing is task switching. And when you go from one task to another, you go to listening to a podcast, to writing on Slack, and then to opening up your email browser, what you're actually doing is task switching and it costs you three things that affects your productivity, your performance. Number one, in your peace of mind. Number one, it costs you time because it can take anywhere from five to 10 minutes to regain your focus when you go from one task to another. Number two, it could cost you mistakes. We know that because we get to work with a lot of doctors and there've been studies that show that surgeons, when they're trying to multitask, do like multiple cognitive activities at once, they make more errors. And then if that's not enough time and mistakes, it's actually costs you energy. Yeah. Those of you who suffer from brain fog or mental fatigue, part of it is that task switching. So when you go from one task to another back and forth, you burn more blood glucose. Mm. You know, So if you're suffering from that mental fog, um, stick to one thing. So that's the F is just forget and focus, right? Yeah. I would also say to be a better learner, the A in fast stands for active. And I want to remind everybody that learning like life is not a spectator sport. You have to be, get active. It's not about just consuming. It's about creating and getting involved and cooperation. And so taking notes is a wonderful way of being active because there's a learning curve, but there's also a forgetting curve right? That within two days of hearing something like on a podcast or a YouTube video, you could lose upwards of 80% of what you could forget that much. And so mitigating that through taking notes is great. For me, I popularize a, a, a way of taking notes, a whole, I've called a whole brain way of taking notes. You just, by the way, handwriting notes or digitally note-taking, which do you suppose is better for retention and comprehension? I think most people would probably guess this it's handwriting notes. And um, Mickey, we talk about that in my podcast a lot and different techniques, but handwrite, put a line right down the page on the left side, you capture right side, create very subtle on the left side. You're going to take notes on the right side. You're going to make notes. So on the left side, how to remember names, how to read faster, how to learn a language, how to give a Ted talk, you know, in a fraction, memorize a Ted talk in a fraction of the time, right? They're capturing the information, but on the right side, you're going to write your impressions of what you're capturing. How does this relate to what I already know? Um, how am I going to apply it? What questions do I have? And so on. So if your imagination distracts you, I'd rather go on the right side for your right side of your brain, right side of your page. So that's being active. Asking questions is being active. Uh, S in FAST stands for state. A wonderful way of learning faster is to get yourself in the right state. And when I say state, I mean, it's like a snapshot of your mood, of your mind and your body. Because if you learn something in a bored state, which was most people in school, <laughs> information by itself is forgettable, but information combined with emotion becomes unforgettable. But if the emotion is boredom or zero, anything times zero is zero. Right. So that's why you forgot the periodic table or anything, most of the stuff we learned back in school. And so who's in control of how you feel, your emotional state? Of course, you are 100% responsible for it. I think we should be responsible for what we focus on. We should be responsible for what we what we feel, we should be responsible for the meaning we get behind something. We should be responsible for our actions. These are things we always have control of, even during the most difficult times filled with adversity, right? We always could choose those things, talking about the power of choice. So if you feel right now, everybody who's listening, rate yourself on a scale of zero to 10. What's your emotional level right now? Zero to 10. What's your motivation? What's your energy level? Zero to 10. And maybe you say it's a five, then gamify it in your mind, make it fun, right? How do I make it a six? What do I have to think about? Or what do I have to create in my environment to turn it into a six or seven? How do I need to move or be able to sit right now? You know, well, how do I need to breathe? Or what's facial expressions to feel? Because you don't have emotions. 
you do emotions, mm. right? So put yourself, never learn something in a bored state because you're going to be equally excited about applying it and you definitely won't retain it. All right, so that's S's state. And finally, the T in FAST stands for teach. I want to remind everybody, if you want to learn better, learn with the intention of teaching somebody else because your intent matters. One of the reasons why I can learn so well, you know, is, is I, as soon as I learn, I, I learn for two reasons. I learn for how it could benefit me, but I learn how I could, you know, so, so it could benefit other people. Right. And they call it the explanation effect. When you learn with the intention of explaining it to somebody else, when you have, it forces you to reflect on it, to personalize it, to organize it in your mind, to really take ownership of it, to be able to explain it to somebody else, either verbally or through writing. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, if they want to learn something, you know, think about somebody that you love, that you wish, and obviously share this podcast with them, you know, but also learn with the intention of teaching them. Or if you had to give a TED talk, you know, on the next Monday about it, how would you go about studying this material? Because it gives you the ownership of it. So F is forget, forget what you know, forget about your limitations, forget about distractions. A, be active, learning is not a spectator sport. S, control your state because all learning is state dependent. The T is teach. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. So those are just four principles mm -hmm. of accelerated learning. And behind every principle, there's a promise. And the promise is that when you, when you understand how your brain works, you could work your brain, right? Because it's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart. And that's exactly what you said towards the beginning of our conversation. I think this is an excellent place for us to close. And you know, that those were some God, game changing um, thoughts and, and advice that you just shared on how to establish focus and then changing the way you learn, changing how you learn to learn more efficiently and effectively. And this is just a taste for those who are listening of Jim's knowledge, his expertise, his wisdom. And I definitely want to encourage y'all to get his book Limitless, which is available wherever books are sold. Listen to his Quick Brain podcast. Um, check him out on Instagram at Jim Quick or his website, www.jimquick.com. So Jim, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much. Can I give everybody a challenge? Yeah. A quick challenge. Okay, here quick we go. Is my last name, K-W-I-K. I love taking small, simple steps. A big part of my book is the power of of consistency that little by little, little becomes a lot, you know, inch by inch, it's a cinch, yard by yard, it's too hard. So I challenge everyone to do one simple thing because you're right. Knowledge by itself is not power. It's a lie. A lie for me stands for limited idea entertained. It's, it has the potential to be power. It only goes power when we utilize it. So I'm always big on asking questions. How can I use this? Why must I use this to get your purpose, right? How can I, how, when will I use this? So you schedule it. I would recommend everybody, if they're up to this challenge, to take a screenshot of this conversation. And what I want you to do is I want you to post it and share one thing, one small, simple step that you're going to, either something you learned in this conversation, because when you teach it, you get to learn it twice, or one thing you're going to do to build a better, brighter brain. Mm. You know, maybe you're going to prioritize your sleep. Maybe you're going to do some exercise each day. Maybe you're going to try some brain foods like avocados or blueberries or some broccoli. Right. Maybe you're going to challenge yourself by brushing your teeth with the opposite hand, you know, because it forces you to challenge yourself in new ways or taking a, a cold shower, you know, or making, you know, a, 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 a brain power smoothie or something that you're going to do, or you're going to start journaling or meditating. Right. And then tag Doug, tag myself. So we see it and wherever you're posting it. And I will repost some of my favorites and I'll actually gift a copy of Limitless to one person just as a thank you for taking a small, simple action. Because again, knowledge is not power. The truth is all the podcasts and online programs and books and coaching, none of it works unless we work, mm. right? So take one small, simple step. And uh, I feel like consistency compounds that if you're persistent, you could achieve it. But if you're consistent, you get to keep it. And my, my other thing I just wanted to say is that love yourself. We hear it all the time, but just the only time to look back is to honor and celebrate how far you've come. Right. And I think part of self-care is not just going to spas and getting massages and stuff like that. I think part of self-care is, is looking in the mirror and falling back in love with the person who's staring back at you. That's been through so much, but is still standing. Right. And so I feel like that if you're going through adversity, there's, there's some kind of reason and there's some kind of gift in it, right? And I think that there's a version of ourself that we're all on this path 
this quest, this adventure to realize and reveal our fullest potential. And I think it's our goal to keep showing up that there's a version of ourselves we haven't met yet and keep showing up for yourself every single day until you're introduced. Gosh, so much wisdom, Jim. I mean, I could talk to you for days, but again, this is a great place for us to start. I appreciate your words of wisdom. I appreciate the challenge to the audience. So you all have a challenge now. You're going to take a screenshot of this episode, tag myself, tag Jim with a takeaway, with a small step or action you're going to take to improve your life, whether it's to learn better, faster, whether it's to help you overcome adversity, whatever it is, tag us. We look forward to hearing from you. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes. We'll see you next time.